0: The year is 1996. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year.
1: And welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club, where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book journey belt, journey belt, (laughs) journey Journey belt, Belt. (laughs) Great (laughs) stuff. joined by Charlotte, the comic book rainbow belt, uh, and I think I'm actually the, the the rainbow uh, way, the, the rainbow way. What about the rainbow road?
2: Wait, no. What's your title? What's your title supposed to be? Rainbow
0: Bridge. Definitely.
2: Oh, so I'm the rainbow man, I guess. Hmm. Charlotte Charlotte is the rainbow
0: bridge that that keeps uh, appropriate distance between Zach and myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and Dave, uh, as always, the comic book expert. And we are here today. Say it louder.
0: Say it louder for the people in the back. We're here today in 1996 to
1: discuss (laughs) one of the top three X-Men events that we've... Maybe the top three events, period, that we've read on My Marvel's Year. The widely beloved X-Men Onslaught. I can't wait... To gush about this event with all of you, Zach, uh,
0: wh- your sarcasm—it just it, our listeners don't know better. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> like much many of them do, but a lot of our audience, this is the first time through, and there's going to be so many people out there being like, "Wait, what? Onslaught okay, is one Dave, of the most wild Dave, people loved events."
1: This is not sarcasm. I think this event rules. I had yeah, a blast yeah. with okay. this. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's wh-
0: that's where I thought you were going. So, so this was one. H- here's of...
1: the here's the genuine answer or uh-huh. the genuine intro X-Men Onslaught an event I really enjoyed and I am actually very curious to find out why it is why you don't like it because I have no idea like I I read it and I was like I don't get it because you you already kind of set me up that this was going to be a stinker uh-huh. and uh and then and I read really it and dug was like, it this is great well, good, I don't good. get it so, yeah like no, I that's I'm good. really curious to find out why and also if you can provide some perspective on like do people dislike this because I, I kind of saw that people dig this like I, I Browsed around a little bit online. Seems like. Well,
0: oh, sounds like you did your <laughs> <drum> homework.
1: <laughs> I, I read. Why do people love
0: X Men Onslaught so much? Uh, I typed that into Google and I uh, <laughs> yeah, got yeah. a lot
1: of really positive responses.
0: Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, we can talk about all that. I mean, here's the thing: is like you say, oh, we can. We can you talk loved, about Onslaught. Yeah, I think we could talk about it. Said, you know, we still. So okay, I got a little time to kill here. Uh, still, yeah, I right. think we can have the conversation. Um. <laughs> the I take that as a compliment, honestly, that you enjoyed this. Like I take that as a really a really generous compliment that you just extended me because I curated this onslaught yeah. reading order so well that you had a good time. Charlotte, what is your broad uh, onslaught overview? I mean, ha- have you read it before? How did you enjoy reading it now? Etc.
2: I I never read it. I think literally the only comics in which I've seen onslaught is like a 2020 comic. Um, I, n- I vaguely know it's not well liked, but I didn't know exactly why. Uh, outside of the like the general situation with what's going on at Marvel at the time and like the upcoming Heroes uh, Re- Reborn. Yeah, it's yeah. Reborn. Um, yeah, and I'm definitely not as hot on it as Zach is, but I, I liked. I really liked some of it, and then some of it didn't work at all for me.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Okay. So so let's let's start here. X Men Onslaught. Well, no, see... Start with
1: start with asking people for money, Dave. <laughs> That's a good point.
0: <laughs> My show this year is uh, is supported by our listeners over at Patreon.com. Slash my marvelous year. If you go on over there, you can support for as little as one dollar a month for as long as you are inclined. Uh, that will get you access to the full spreadsheet where we have all of the issues that we read year by year. Now, these are also totally free. You can get them in the show notes. You can get a version of them by going to mymarvelousyear.com. But if you want the most recent updates for everything we're doing as we go live through the club from Marvel Origins to today, you can get that whole spreadsheet and support the show, which is greatly appreciated over at patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. The other thing you can do, which involves no amount of money, just a little bit of your time, rate and review the show on iTunes. Every one of these reviews is truly, truly appreciated, and uh, they always make us smile. Maybe, mm-hmm. and maybe not always. Like like 1% of the time, they make us confused and hurt. <laughs> but but generally, <laughs> yeah, they 98% make us smile. Eight percent of the time. Yeah, smiling. yeah. It's a high percentage, which is, which is wonderful. Uh, okay, so let's start here with Onslaught, right? This is the last time we talked about X-Men was Age of Apocalypse. And we talked about how this four-month alternate reality 1995 event is remarkably good and holds up shockingly well, I think. It's also, as we talked about, and I've talked about a few times now, like very, very surprisingly tight. (laughs) It does not overstay its welcome. This period of marvel comics is the period of things overstaying their welcome so when i talk about negativity around onslaught it's very much in the same manner as clone saga i don't think onslaught has anywhere near as negative a reputation as clone saga so if i have oversold sort of the negativity around it that's like onslaught has fans absolutely there's stuff in onslaught i like yeah there's one Um, on this
1: call right now
0: yeah, right. Like big on, like big the biggest onslaught head we know, Zack slot over here. But uh <laughs> that's great. But yeah, like it's it's more a thing of exhaustion I think than than necessarily like these out and out being bad comics. I mean, the the other thing about onslaught though too is you know, we've talked about Marvel's financial difficulties, right? And where it's centered in in the 90s right now as we get into 96 and it's just like the the bubble has burst. Right, the insane comics sales bubble, Marvel increasing their output to unprecedented numbers, all that stuff has burst. Right, they're having a hard time moving titles, with the exception of X Men and Spider Man. Right, those are those are carrying the line. Marvel still has over a fifty percent market share as comics go, but the comics market itself is shrinking. A ton of shops are going out of business right now, like truly historic numbers of shops are closing in 1996 a lot of that is market forces and then it's simultaneously marvel as a business like marvel entertainment they don't just publish comics at this point right like they are licensing out marvel properties to anyone and everyone who will pay um and they're also like acquiring a ton of stuff you know like i think when we've talked about marvel throughout the my marvelous year journey we've generally just been talking about the folks inside the comics publishing unit right like when we talk about marvel we're talking about editorial and freelancers making these things that we read sure yeah at this point marvel is buying stuff like um, like you know trading card companies and well, they've acquired and toy like- biz right they they own companies that don't just make comics <laughs> like they're a much bigger business than all of that um But it's not going well, okay? So it's like they're simultaneously acquiring and licensing things, but all of it is kind of, and it's not something I understand super well, um, but all of it is kind of just like this stock manipulation stuff going on by their then-owner, Ron Perlman, not to be confused with the actor who played Hellboy, (laughs) okay? Different individual.
1: And then, wait, Ron Perlman? Okay, because I was thinking about Isaac Perlman, you know, it is, like, also grabbing control of Are you Marvel. thinking of Isaac Perlmutter? Perlmutter, yeah, I think you're right. Ike Perlmutter? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, like,
0: also Ike. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right. <laughs> who, like, takes over, you know, is, is part of, like, the control, take, takes control of Marvel in 1996 with the bankruptcy, who just owns the toy company, right? Like, so this is this is someone now in charge of Marvel. So that, that like, hasn't
0: happened yet. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead and finish.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. It's just, it's just like you. You can start seeing the uh, business interests coming in that are not comic related, right? Like one of the heads of Marvel is about to be the guy who owns the toy part, right? I, now. I
0: actually think we can talk about Perlmutter and and he comes in with Avi Arad, um, who yeah. owns, uh, co-owns toy biz or whatever, right? And they they have a role in Marvel. I mean, the wild thing about Perlmutter and Arad, and, Arred, and the Perlmutter has a wildly negative reputation right now. I think amongst a majority of comics fans, um, b- vast majority of it being very, very earned in large part, you know, he's like, he's super close buddies with Donald Trump. Um, he was involved in like some weird veterans affairs scandal during the Trump presidency. <laughs> yeah. Where like Trump I don't, like, just gave
1: him power to run the, uh, the VA from like Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> and there were, <laughs> like and there in, were informally. questionable
0: things that happened within that. I mean, it, it's one of those, like, I don't, I don't know it well enough to speak on it intelligently, but if you Google it, you'll see some of the stories about it. Um, yeah. So anyway, all of that is to come. Okay. Yeah. All of that is fallout from what's happening right now. But I actually think like this era, the Pearlman era, is is a clear indication of like does not care about the stories or the properties, just cares about moving the stock around, maintaining their own ownership, um, trying to get Marvel valued as high as possible, just all the pure business decision type stuff. Yeah. And it's happening, and the way that's manifesting in Marvel. The reason we, we talk about it and why it matters is layoffs keep happening. Like hundreds of Marvel employees are being fired. Okay, as the company, uh, as the market, you know, constricts, their their company gets hit. Right, so people are losing their jobs. There's no job security. It's and it's like everyone, right? It's like editors. It's like you know, art direction. It's it's freelancers. Right. So the people working on these comics, even though you're working at the dominant player. Um, in comics, quote unquote, like as market share, it's a kind of a hellish environment, right? Like it's pretty garbage. Um, and the one final thing I want to say on this subject is I've kind of been accidentally (laughs) spreading some misinformation regard. And I think it's common misinformation around Marvel's bankruptcy in terms of like, and in 1996, they went bankrupt because the market was so bad and because they were doing so poorly. Right. And that's a factor but the bankruptcy is more of like a like a legal, like strategic play, it's like a battle for control among the. leaders. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you can actually if you Google Marvel bankruptcy, you'll find the Washington Post article from 1996. And if you're in any way financially inclined, you'll probably understand it than I better than I do. But it's like it's not they don't just go bankrupt in the sense of like we're out of money. <laughs> right. They they declare bankruptcy as a strategic play for Perlman yep. to like s- basically grab hold of like 80% plus of the stock. Yeah, um, right. yeah. So anyway, I've just, I've kind of been f- phrasing it the way I think it often gets phrased, which is like Marvel failed and they went bankrupt and it's not totally that. Okay. It's not totally that. Um, all of which brings, brings us back to onslaught all of us, which which brings us back to onslaught, which is the massive, massive crossover that takes place during this era and attempts to keep the Marvel Universe afloat attempts to boost sales in the way that Age of Apocalypse successfully did, and more than anything, attempts to transition to something even bigger, (laughs) you know, as an exit strategy of what is to come for the Marvel comics that aren't selling well. But, okay, so that's where we're going. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the actual X-Men of it all that sets the stage. Uh, Zach, Charlotte, did you guys actually read uncanny 322 it was a late edition on my part
1: yeah great great i mean that that great issue right like that mm-hmm. cover really fun cover because it's like you know calling back to uh was it who will stop the jug- juggernaut or who can stop the juggernaut to who stopped the juggernaut mm-hmm. and it's almost framed as like a murder mystery of like who could do this to juggernaut uh, and it has a, a unconscious juggernaut in the middle of the page or on the cover um so yeah like i mean one okay first thing I do, you kind of jokingly were bragging, maybe, uh, about putting this list together and <laughs> condensing it. <laughs> I, w- Actu- I wasn't joking. Okay, well, g- <laughs> real big props, because I think, like, that was a big part of how much I enjoyed this, is this felt very, like, you know, all meat, no fat, reading through this. In a way that, like... the Club That Saga... is, that's
0: actually what I have on my grinder profile. Um <laughs> Oh, <Saga>. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no thank you yeah. um, <laughs> that's what That's those are the only replies I get as well no thank you <laughs> no thank you <laughs> <laughs>
2: they, they do um, reply though that's
1: <laughs> that's already something <laughs> yeah as as compared to the Clone Saga where like even reading the core issues you're just like well this is all over the place you know reading the core of what you have on here it's like this is pretty tight right like there's a, a pretty tight core story you do skip right you go from 322 to 334 we skip 12 issues of candy x-men so like yeah yeah, yeah. clearly there's a lot of build-up and i mean this has been built up since like bishop first showed up like how many years ago was that i mean bishop talking about the x traitor and the the person who's going to be responsible for the death of all these heroes and stuff right, right? so like we've had build-up for this for a while
0: well um, we have and we haven't in that they probably didn't know there's an ambiguous (laughs) right there's an ambiguous (laughs) build because even but it's not it's not intended right it's not a carefully structured thing yeah um even when onslaught is so that that issue that i dropped in the x-men 322 which i really love um juggernaut gets his butt whooped the sense of the juggernaut running scared from someone i think is really effective and this Mm -hmm. is uh it's scott lobdell written i don't know if it's joe mad with him on uxm on that issue he's definitely going to be Doing a lot of the art together uh, with Lobdell throughout this, but at the end of that, they're like, "Who who did this to you, Juggernaut?" And he's like, "Onslaught." Even at that point in time, nobody knew who Onslaught was. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. And like, right. yeah. And that's and that's like, you know, that's that's a sign of how long this thing goes. Is that issue? Do- like, we're running back to 1995 for that issue in particular. Like you said, then you know, it's it's another year later where you start to get the the reveal, and I think when you read it on this fast track cadence it's a lot more interesting and I'm, I'm very glad to hear that you had a good experience doing it that way when you read it like in full like marvel's got so there's four complete onslaught collections okay which is already a lot like that's a hefty package yeah, there are also there are also four road to onslaught collections which is so nuts
1: cuz we read the entire thing in 11 issues and it felt like we had all the context we needed.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, it's just like the, I can't it's, imagine
2: go ahead, what's go going on in the twelve issues missing. Like it felt like we've missed maybe one, two issues between those two. Twelve yeah. issues. That's crazy. What What was going on in during that time?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I read a little bit about it. You know, it does go like onslaught goes to try to recruit more people, and there's more about the yeah. you
0: know the politics of uh,
1: Creed. I think his name is
0: uh, the, the so Grayson Creed. Yeah. 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 The, the X-Men universe stuff, so, like, the Onslaught saga, for most of the road, is is really just what is happening in X-Men comics, and then occasionally Onslaught shows up, like, in the background as kind of a tease for something mm-hmm. that's going to come down the road, you know? But it's not like it's all <laughs> that thoroughly connected. So, like, and Creed, for example... That should be the... That should be the actual
2: name, like replace the name of X-Men Onslaught by X-Men, X-Men stuff, and then Onslaught shows
0: up now and then. <laughs> that's, that's more accurate.
2: That's more accurate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because like Graydon Creed is a politician during this era who is running at least uh, privately on probably the most anti-mutant campaign we've ever seen. Um, I don't know how available this information is, but he's the child of sabretooth and Mystique. They were pushing a Sabertooth and Mystique romance during this era. I'm not sure how germane that is to, to Graydon Creed's character, although if you couldn't tell from the last name Creed that they might have a tie. Um, and you, you've seen him in, like in the X-Men animated series if you've watched that. But yeah, so like there's that stuff going on. you got some stuff with Bastion, which we come back to by the end of this, about where X-Men comics are going. None of that stuff is super critical to the actual Onslaught saga, I don't think. And you yeah, also just, have his I, heralds showing up, which like... Yeah. I like the like more villains should have heralds. That's cool. Um, they kind of suck. <laughs> like one of them I don't just named remember. Post. Who, who is we, I, don't th- I don't I don't know, know that we read those in the fast track. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, I was like, I, Actually, I don't remember that. Yeah, so that something I really liked know. about this is on the fast track, it felt really well built up. Like the the threat of onslaught felt like this slow. Yeah, I mean, it kind of felt like the threat of Juggernaut in those you know whatever it was X Men 13, 14. Um, you know this unseen villain, and, and you do that very classic thing. If you give someone with like power you make someone with power afraid of this thing right someone that we're already afraid of then be afraid of them right like that really amps them up um and then i i I mean part of it is i think like some of the most modern feeling stories we've read like mm. th- this was the first time we've read like a whole run of comics where i'm like oh yeah we're like kind of in modern formal like comics storytelling here with like mm. scott lobdell mark wade tom Grummet, um who uh joey madrero is that how you say it (laughs) i just know him by joey madrero
0: i've only ever heard him called joe so i'm i'm excited to hear like when the last time you guys played frisbee golf was (laughs) that you're calling him joey like clearly you're close (laughs) it's joey mads and then who's the the, oh and andy kubert here
1: um yeah i think those are the big three and then it's mostly lobdell and wade writing most of this Mm -hmm. um it just, I mean, like the the pacing feels it feels a little stretched out, a little like less less packed full of dialogue, but still kind of, like like this is the X Men stuff that like hits the right tone for me. Like it feels big, the universe feels big. There's lots of characters, lots of interactions, small moments, big moments, but it just it doesn't feel overstuffed and it doesn't feel like it's like it has to have twice as many scenes as it does. Like um, well, like Claremont used to do, that would uh, you know like r- make reading fifteen of these in a sitting. A real slog. So, like, I read all this at once and, uh, and really enjoyed it, and was like, <laughs> "That's that's really interesting." Because I, I
0: I thought there was a lot of text. I mean, I thought there was a lot of a lot of dialogue, and I give a lot of credit to Mark Wade. Like, Mark Wade writes good dialogue. Sure. Um, there are some moments toward the end of this in Onslaught Marvel Universe when Doctor Doom shows up. Mm-hmm. And he has like four, like four small monologues, and they rule. Like Doctor Doom's entrance mm-hmm. yeah. in this book is oh so pitch good. perfect. Yeah. I was, I was perfect. like,
1: how did does, does Dave not like this event just based on the, this Doctor Doom entrance <laughs> alone? He's never been cooler. I was than the way absolutely furious. is for lesser men. Incredible Doom. He, he, <laughs> he has the, he blasts through that sentinel. He lands there. We get his silhouette with that like rainbow effect behind him, like the sun rising behind him uh like it, it it's so cool yeah dr doom is great here
0: glorious glorious dialogue stuff I uh, until I,
1: hawkeye I, takes him down at the end which is like pretty sad you know you know what though
0: you know <laughs> what though i didn't i didn't mind it actually give give clint no. something to do that he can do okay that he can <laughs> <guess> so. okay? <laughs> they can, can contribute to okay but we're jumping ahead so zach you haven't read this before charlotte you haven't read this before either you just know stuff about it um how so the mystery which we we kind of yada yada the mystery a bit obviously it's been teased forever and ever you don't know who is onslaught right what is this how interested were you in the mystery and then were you surprised in any way by the time we get the reveal like does it does it does it succeed in the build-up to who is onslaught
2: i mean it's tough because i i didn't know that i knew i knew basically who who he was or at least like what he came from um you say like he's the some kind of fusion of the darker pa- parts of the minds of Magneto and Xavier. Um mm-hmm. I I was honestly I was less taken by the like the misery of who he is and like the build up of him as a threat than I was by the idea of Xavier like being pushed to the edge and becoming like becoming a pot- potential menace for the team because I think that's right. built up just as much, and that was the part that was really interesting to me, because it feels like he's always kind of the verge of becoming that, or at least, like, going going full A-hole mode, I guess. Um, that's, what? like, can, can <laughs> I, I interrupt th-
0: first?
1: <laughs> yeah, with, with that, because I, I was seeing online, like, one of the complaints I was seeing about this was, like, the boring thing about Onslaught is, like, ah, Professor X is the villain, again. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, and I was like, is that true? Have we really seen him gone go villainous? Like... Like really, like that's he's done like some that. questionable stuff, but not like yeah. super villain stuff. Kind of more, you know, manipulative yeah. stuff or sneaky stuff, but not. So you know, let's dig oh, into I, that I can a think little bit like because yeah. this
0: is the this is the era. Like that that's one thing that has stood out to me a ton on this reread through the '90s stuff is how committed this these creative units are to like hey the the story of the X Men is a story of Professor Charles Xavier because that's ac- that's actually not the case for the vast majority of the Claremont run. He vanishes right? for, for
1: long periods of time. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, he literally leaves, you know. He there are moments and there's development, absolutely, right? There are famous like uncanny 117, right? Famous issues. Um but he's mostly not that much he's not that around that much. Um he literally leaves and then he's gone. He's he's not the major player. The 90s very much with the Jim Lee and Claremont 91 X-Men. They're like okay, it's his dream. The The X-Men story is the story of Professor X's dream. And then what we saw with Age of Apocalypse is they're like, okay, if we're going to do the big event, we'll do the death of Professor X, right? And that's kind of the initial premise for how we ultimately get to Age of Apocalypse. And then what happens with Onslaught is they come back to it again. <laughs> and they're like, okay, uh, Dark Phoenix, great. Let's do Dark Professor X, right? And yes, it has been done before. But not a lot, right? You have the one issue where it's just his dark id escapes on as in the astral plane. Mm-hmm. You have uh, um, that, yeah. when the brood queen takes him over, you know, so questionable about is that him. But, like, for all of the modern Professor X is a jerk understanding, right, and acceptance that readers have now, certainly in the Krakoa era, it's very easy to adopt. Uh, this, is the, this era is the opposite of that, and I keep saying that. So to actually invert it where he is the main threat— Where he actually goes full villain, it's not an uninteresting impulse or uninteresting idea necessarily. Also irrelevant to that conversation, but just Onslaught looks cool as hell. (laughs) I love I love Onslaught's design. I have no complaints. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's part of it. Like
1: he just looks cool. He's it it strikes that balance of like the nineties excess, but like folding in the classic Kirby design of Magneto. I mean, it's, it's just bigger, just, stronger Magneto. You know? Yeah, it's like I mean, Magneto really. with claws who's large, <laughs> which is which is fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then like Magneto using telepathy, which is a fun visual. Like you, when you see a close-up of his helmets and you see like from the way his eyes look and stuff like that, that he's using Xavier's powers, like that's a fun mix-up, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. Yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say in terms of like the the success of this of, or of, of reactions you've seen to people responding to okay onslaught is professor x with the, well i, I did know that magneto. like i knew that walking in that this was
1: professor x so like it wasn't a mystery to me I, okay. I didn't really know it was like a mix of him and magneto i thought this was just and i i kind of thought it was just professor x gone mad not necessarily kind of this like you know like they kind of blame him but not really that kind of gets that yeah. slight like middle ground of like he's responsible but not like fully responsible i think um, they
0: walk it back too hard I actually think they Maybe, get nervous yeah, a little bit. about, because if you think about Dark Phoenix Saga, right? Like, Jean is kind of culpable all the way through, and she's possessed by Dark Phoenix, but, like, through the end of that arc, she doesn't get a bailout necessarily, right? Certainly not in the ending. Professor X, they, like, literally try, because he's, he's imprisoned inside this onslaught astral plane realm or whatever. Like basically it's like a bunch of different characters get trapped inside the onslaught suit. You have professor X, you have Franklin Richards, you have Nate gray. Um, but Professor X literally gets separated from that at one point. Um, and, and yeah, they kind of right. try to pull him out and be like, well, this isn't really professor X. I actually think it's a, it, the conviction is clearer and stronger if it really is professor X, but just influenced in this way. Um, Charlotte, what did you, so I'm going to, I'm going to get a little blue here okay in describing this so okay. if you're Don't listening if you're listening with kids now. if you're listening with kids i recommend skipping ahead about a minute okay because it's going to get blue <laughs> okay up, so. <laughs> the the reason <laughs> so why, why does this happen right where does onslaught come from it comes from fatal attractions so we call back to when professor x mind wiped magneto and in in retaliation for magneto trying to kill wolverine stripping the adamantium from his bones right fatal attractions isn't Super great, but that's a memorable moment. But in that moment, the, the retcon here, right, what we're doing is saying Magneto, as he was losing his mind or whatever, came so hard in Professor X's chest <laughs> that they birthed Onslaught. That is literally yeah, what I happens. Mean, there are scenes visualizing it, yeah.
1: this. I, well, I got to go back and read, uh, read this again. I did not yeah, pick up on, on this. On your own, stuff. privately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a yep, little the...
0: goblin of Magneto's id or whatever yeah, right. that comes out of his body and goes into Professor X's head What? here the question I have is not how that happens I've had the birds and the bees conversation I get it they birthed <laughs> onslaught um, Charlotte first to you do we need Magneto here is it better if it's if it's Magneto kind of merging with Professor X because this isn't much of a magneto story it's not like it's the two of them in conjunction i don't think it's kind no, of just yeah. i don't know it's just kind of like he's just kind of there he's just like kind his of powers and his visuals are there yeah
2: yeah what do you think I, I think both can be interesting like i like the idea of just full xavier is the villain and he's the only villain that sounds like a very fun idea to me and one that shouldn't be walked back as hard and as fast as it isn't as it is uh, in those comics And then there's the idea of, like, the X-Men and, like, the state of mutant teams and mutant, uh, like, fighters, I guess, or heroes, as it is in the 90s, is, like, a result of Xavier's and Magneto's actions and, like, the people Uh they've influenced. And then the villain being the same thing, but, like, opposite and more directly, that's an interesting opposition to me. But I think you have to pick one of the two lanes. I think... Both together don't work as much, especially if you don't focus on Magneto as like being as important as Xavier for the creation of the the X-Men and like, Mutant Hood as a whole as it is uh, in the 90s. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think the main thing is you have to pick a lane and yeah, maybe doing both at the same time feels a bit muddled and uh, you don't have enough time to... I mean, maybe not enough time because it seems like they use pl- plenty
1: of time, but you, you have to, to be more focused, I guess. It's, it's, uh, I mean, the thing is, like, when you read it, it it feels like just the Professor X story, right? And it's, like, the, the moment where he pulls Magneto, wipes his brain, and all of, like, Magneto's darkest impulses, like, infect his mind. It's, like, that's just the inciting incident, but then it's, like, all of the, they spend, I mean, there's an entire issue here where Onslaught's taking Jean Grey through all of, uh, Professor X's, like, worst internal moments. Um, and, uh, A callback I really like, actually. Yeah, yeah. Which is that back in, like, X-Men number six or something, really early on, there was a scene where uh, Jean Grey and Professor X are there. And and Professor X, as she walks away, is like, I have to keep my secret from you, Jean Grey, that I love you. And it's not right. And then even Stan Lee, I think in a letters page a few issues later, was like, yeah, we decided to, like, ignore that for, oh, no, no, he's just said that later. It wasn't in letters. But I remember he's addressed that and been like, yeah, that's something we wrote in one issue and then decided to never return to again <laughs> again. Yeah, <right. laughs> um, yep. But I, I appreciate they play that exact scene like verbatim. They show that one moment and then kind of canonize it uh, as just, you know, like Professor X having it, it, it doesn't. I, I think it's interesting because it doesn't really implicate him as a creep or like, you know, abusive or anything like too nasty. It's just like something where like, yeah, he has secrets and he's got some dark secrets and he works to keep them down. But right. Like this is still part of him.
0: It's a, it's right. a kill your idols moment. And I think it's very, cause again, like in the nineties, we're full hero worship with professor X and mm-hmm. it's this, this, everything is leaning. So like Gene and Scott love professor X. They view him as their father figure. He can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't yeah. the version of these characters smart enough to question his orders, right? Cynical about what he's saying. Um, They aren't really doing that stuff right now. Storm still is. Wolverine still is, right? You have characters that do. Uh, But like the 05 in particular, and that's why I think that issue is so effective because Jean buys into it fully, right? She will defend Professor X to the death. And then Onslaught, who ironically is Charlie here, showing Jean this moment and just kind of shattering her. It's a nice continuity nod, even though it's obviously not. And obviously it's something that has been ignored And moved on from in X-Men history as it should have been, (laughs) you know, Um, but it's still out there, right? And you can call back to it just as kind of like a, it's it's probably the thing I, one of the things I like the most about Onslaught and it kind of abandons it by the end, which is unfortunate. But like the idea of Professor X as a threat, as a creep, not just to like mutant kind, but to the world, you know, they, they discover this thing in here called the Xavier protocols and some of the X-Men gene again shocked to learn that like he has files on how to destroy all of them basically like how to counter that and, and it's the thing that gets used you know batman becomes pretty famous for doing this that's actually a later story um in tower of babel i think written by mark wade you know maybe some cross-pollination there but uh but anyway like i i actually quite dig those ideas professor x as the darker side but a darker side with strategy you know as opposed to just like He's temperamental, you know, because like Professor X has a bunch of secrets. Like that's the thing that gets exploited a ton in 2000 X-Men comics. Um, and there are some here where I'm like, you know, it's like knowing what has been written since it's like they don't even uncover most of the big secrets, <laughs> frankly, well, I, that's what and they're I, still I, horrified.
1: I, I do actually appreciate that. Like, because I, I, I walked in thinking, well, maybe people hate this because it like assassinates Professor X's character. And that's what they hate about it. Right and like people are and I was getting I, I was already prepared to like roll my eyes and make fun of everybody for being being too precious about their fans. Sounds, sounds pointed, um, uh, like yep. you're talking about me. But carry on. yes, exactly. Uh, but <laughs> but I actually kind of appreciate that it. Um, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying about the end, how it's maybe not harsh enough about him. But I, I think I think it's more interesting to be like Professor X is just a flawed guy than he is just secretly a monster, right? Because like that scene with yeah, Jean Grey right. when they're young. Right, like they they take pains to point out that like, yeah, this is a thought he had and he's pushed it down and he has not like acted on it and he's you know but like it's still a secret he has and that's just like a flaw but it's not like a you know a mortal flaw with him Mm -hmm. and and I Mm -hmm. kind of appreciate that because it it actually makes Professor X a little more relatable (laughs) I think and like makes this um, outburst more relatable that like he's just someone who's fallible and he can't deal with that. That's like his flaw is his pride and his ego. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Especially at the end. I like the, um, the, the kind of debriefing issue afterwards with him and Wolverine talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually, I love, I always love a post event, like debrief issue or two, right? You get a couple like calm down issues where it's just like, and here's the repercussions and everybody, you know, gets to like catch their breath and we're not immediately into the next thing. So I always appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that. So, Okay, I I think we're generally on the same page in terms of, like, the build to Onslaught, and it kind of—when it's in the mutant sphere, when it's in the mutant community, essentially, of, like, Professor X, you know, dark Professor X, and what he really thinks of the X-Men, and him, you know, having these thoughts about Jean and shattering her worldview, or just being a jerk to Cannonball as he's trying to manipulate X-Men. I think these moments are generally effective um in their own way within what we know about mutants and kind of within this world i think where it where onslaught and then i actually think so let's let's talk about this there's actually a strong fantastic four component to onslaught because uh part of onslaught's journey is like he doesn't quite have enough power to do everything he wants which his motivations are flipping all over the place but basically it's like world takeover slash Reality warping for sort of mutant supremacy, but also it's not. It's not like it's totally apocalypse thing, you know. It's like I, I'm never quite clear what exactly onslaught. It's like he wants to turn everybody into like energy and consume them. I don't know exactly what I he's mean. Trying yeah, to it's
2: do. not Magneto's goal, but it's not not Magneto's goals. It's it's yeah, it's weird.
0: Yeah, th- the way they summarize it in uh, one of the trades is Professor X's dream of integration with Magneto's methods equals onslaught. Yeah. Um, but even that, I feel like, is underselling, <laughs> like, like what exactly is happening. But anyway, to do this, Onslaught decides he needs Franklin Richards and his reality warping abilities, still uh, mutant-based at this point. Um, so he pretends to be a young Charlie to befriend Franklin and, like, has this little Charlie psychic projection befriending Franklin. The Fantastic Four stuff I actually think is not half bad. What, what did you both think of that?
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it works. It works pretty well. I mean, uh, at like, least it,
2: it has a reason to be there, I guess, with the Franklin connection. Like, it makes sense that they would be involved. Um, and we'll talk later about why the Avengers maybe aren't that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't know. I don't. I, well, yeah, we can we can talk about that later. But yeah, I, I agree. Like, it it's Franklin Richards is a mutant. I think that's like an interesting connection between the two. I, his grandfather is here. Or that's something we have missed. I don't know who that man is, uh, <laughs> but he's got some crazy armor. He kind of looks like he's cosplaying as Cable. Um. Yeah, Nathaniel Richards is <laughs> yeah, back, and they just finished. And I was actually like, Time "Is this Storm. actually just Cable? Because I don't know the timeline. Maybe this is actually just another Cable."
0: <laughs> never, <laughs> never rule out that someone in the Marvel Universe could be Cable or Kang. It is always an option. Isn't? Aren't they both Nathaniels too? Am I? Am I wrong there? Uh, Nathan Nathan Gray Summers. Oh yeah, is in fact a Nathan. So yeah. But so is uh, Kang also? Right.
2: Yeah,
1: the both Kang and Cable are Nathans. Maybe they're both. And, <laughs> And uh, his grandfather, Richard, Reed Richard's father, right? Yeah. Isn't he? Or doesn't seem like Richard?
0: this could be a coincidence. Ah. Dun, dun. Yeah, it oh, feels yeah, like. Uh, <laughs> we got anyway, 10 years um, before that's
2: a Marvel uh, crossover idea. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, We're that guy's wrong. here. He looks like Cable. Uh, he doesn't really have that much to do with the story. But yeah, he, I, I like the stuff with um, Onslaught, like pretending. I, I mean, Onslaught's plan is like, it, it's so unlike a lot of the comic book events and villains we see, which would be like. Uh, like Apocalypse back in the Simonson X-Factor era, and it's like Apocalypse, his plan is to send out minions and cause more, you know, like, um, just like threats that are, these people are causing trouble and havoc and you have to go have a fight somewhere, right? Like it goes from fight to fight to fight, whereas like Onslaught, it's a little bit slower of a build and it's not just like, they're not ham-fisting in, uh, you know, (laughs) the way that Galactus has the Punisher (laughs) and being like, well, we have to have a fight before the big showdown so let's the like...
0: o- the only punisher i know and respect the original yeah. OG yeah. Punisher. <laughs> right. yes
1: um although i will say i guess he does have the sentinels he takes over the sentinels but that's like really striking imagery um the sentinels are also the size of galactus in this comic <laughs> which
0: I'm is fine. i'm fine with giant
1: sentinels i don't mind they were that. they were pretty cool uh that shot of them all over new york city
0: i do wish i wish onslaught's goals were a little more grounded um if it yeah. if it was you know more on that age of apocalypse level in terms of like, I will take over this city or I will take over this government or whatever, right? In in terms as opposed to just this very broad like I will consume everything. Because he's it's like he's it's like he's caught in between Galactus and Apocalypse and I don't quite know what to make of it, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can I can definitely see what you're saying. I think he worked well so well for me on the micro level, like his personality the like the the motivating factors behind him the way he interacts with other characters Mm -hmm. i think all that works so well that like his big evil plan you know being a little bit more vague and a little less motivated didn't that didn't bother me so much because i was just kind of invested in him moment to moment and like in kidnapping franklin him trying to persuade nate gray him like trying to win over gene gray like all those scenes worked really well for me even i think
0: when onslaught is in conversation when yeah. Onslaught is in conversation with people, like, do, you, inside this astral plane of his own making, like, in, within the suit, m- my attention is grabbed. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah When yeah, we totally. get external, and it's him punching, everyone punching him, right, at the end of this, yeah. I lose interest, right? It, it becomes, it's not right. based in So, it's, so it's the that much. X-Men Onslaught issue, the, the, or no, the
1: Onslaught Marvel Universe number one, like, mm-hmm. the finale to this thing. Mm-hmm. So, that, that seems like it didn't work for
0: you or Charlotte. Is that... Well... Is that moments do uh charlotte i don't know like how did i guess do we want to do we want to go straight to the resolution or do we want to talk a little bit more about how we get there
1: uh, i don't i don't even know how much mm. i mean there, there's little details here and there but I, I don't know i don't have anything else really to talk about i mean if yeah we, okay
0: uh, so, i have two things before
2: the finally i have like yeah, yeah. first uh buff Reed richard's is my sleep paralysis demon like that's that's a terrifying sight <laughs> I don't know that I've never cuz I have never i do not think have we ever seen him use his powers to just go all muscly. That's a very weird sight to me.
0: To inflate his muscles. So I I liked yeah. it in the sense that it was mad dad Reed, which I'm always very empathetic towards, right? And feel, you know, <laughs> yeah. like his his kids threatened, so it's mad dad Reed. Um, but yeah. him bulking up to lyfeldian proportions is just feels wrong it just feels yeah funny. <laughs> i mean yeah. it's weird no it is seen it seen that that's not an no, actual complaint
2: they just the swimmers it is yeah, weird yeah. and then like what's what's going on with joseph like who who's joseph is that like <laughs> a
0: missing ask about context earlier. or is it or is it a mystery zach were you baffled by joseph what was your joseph no i thought take?
1: it was like clear from the beginning this is magneto with his you know mind wiped Right, okay. I don't know why he's de right. but it's
2: just Magneto. I mean, of- maybe I'm I, confused I thought, I because I know I what, who Joseph Listen. is, like from later stuff. Or at least, like I have a vague idea that there's more going on, but I don't know so, what exactly is yeah. going on.
0: So I'm just gonna say because if we read it fine, but I'm not gonna intentionally follow the Joseph saga <laughs> here <laughs> in uh in in the My Marvelous Year Club. So yes, I mean Zach, that is the that is every implication is like somehow Magneto survived. He was amnesiac and uh, and actually doing good, very a la Ultimate X-Men, right? Um, like the, the Miller kind of version of things. But he started going by Joseph. <laughs> so he became this almost like messianic Joseph figure with his long hair, and he's kind of romantic again towards Rogue. And obviously we see in Onslaught he's using his powers for quote-unquote good here, right, to help the heroes. Um In reality, (laughs) in reality being the continuity of Marvel Comics, uh, Joseph is a clone of Magneto (laughs) and is not the actual Magneto. I cannot say if this will be important or not, um, but just FYI. Yeah, it looks like you do not
1: have... Well, is this part of Magneto War in 1999, the event?
0: No, (laughs) no, that's just Magneto
1: well i don't know because i'm looking at the cover of x-men 86 from 1999 and it says it's got joseph on the cover and it says at long last the shocking origin of the most mysterious mutant of all oh <laughs> for real uh-huh. okay and it's okay it, it's sure in the so that's where it happens
0: right yeah 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 so, okay well uh, i don't know M- muted it or don't if you feel like it's a, a spoiler nah, i don't care <laughs> um there's also a villain named vindaloo <laughs> he's gonna show up here. Gosh, uh, I love vindaloo. Love yeah. me some vindaloo. Uh, Chicken yes. vindaloo, mm, delish. <laughs> so, so that's deal uh Yeah, he's he's around. He's using his powers again. It's not. It's not a Magneto story. and It doesn't really pretend to be. um yeah, which, which is, is fine, like, which is which fine. is weird.
1: Well, it's weird. It a, is fine, little but it's a bit of like parallel between him. I mean, Professor X is d- much more directly being like. Oh, like, I'm responsible for Onslaught, and Joseph is like, uh, am I responsible for Onslaught? Like, that's not me, but mm-hmm. it's part of who I used to be, right? So there's there's a little bit of that questioning going on that I think is interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Maybe it's just, like, it's just a side effect of the fact that Magneto isn't really a presence in X-Men for, like, the past four to five years, something like that. Like, it's been a while since Magneto has been a main presence in X-Men, and so it makes sense that he wouldn't be here. But it's also weird from what the character of Onslaught is. But yeah, that's just like... Well, it's really know, after... Second sense of where X-Men are.
0: Yeah, it's really after 93 Fatal Attractions, you know? It's yeah. like, the, you have that moment, you have that climatic showdown, and then you kind of take Magneto off the board by doing that. And Onslaught is obviously the first time you kind of come back to it, and I think it gets a ton of attention for that. Um, but I, I, I think it kind of... I don't know that it's a mistake to take Magneto off the board. In fact, I generally would argue it's not in this... But it's also like 94, 95, 96. They show how over reliant X-Men Comics had become on Magneto. You know, it's kind of a it's kind of a Fantastic Four problem. Yeah. In in modern era where it's like, is this a Doom story? Nope, not a Doom story? Okay, not interested. Right? Like you can <laughs> yeah. you can get so tied to one villain where they can it's like anything else just feels mildly uninteresting. Um, and I, again, like let me be clear, X-Men and Fantastic Four have plenty of great villains, right? <laughs> they both have tons and tons. Uh, I just think with Magneto, like they had gotten really reliant on on him as like the figure that <laughs> to, mattered
1: to the point where this one had to wear his costume. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And even and, and like that's a it's a good problem to have because you, like you have such an interesting character, you know. People want to read a lot of them. So anyway, so this all builds to uh, Onslaught lets his Sentinels loose in New York City. Like he takes over some Sentinels. That is how. So the other piece with Onslaught is it becomes a line-wide crossover uh, throughout 96. So we talked about how everyone wants, you know, the X-Men is the only thing that can sell with, you know, Spider-Man a little bit. So Marvel's like, okay, fine. We'll try to get that age of apocalypse hype and that bump by making everything onslaught. Again, I think this works relatively fine for the X-Men specific stuff. Fantastic four has a reason for being there because of the Franklin Richards connection. That works fine. When you start extending it to Hulk, and Amazing Spider-Man, and uh, Avengers. Avengers, I actually think is the one on the fence one. Um, It becomes less and less, I think, desirable. And, you know, it is interesting to me, just in terms of, like, okay, line-wide crossovers are a thing that we're very familiar with now, modern readers. Um, We've talked about this a bunch. Like, Secret Wars (laughs) 2 is the biggest flipping line-wide crossover Marvel had ever attempted. And then it kind of was that for a long time right (laughs) like like we don't really get line-wide crossovers so for them to do it it again gives the appearance of a massive story which is what this wants like that is what they want uh it's just a lot less effective i think in the pages of like spider-man where it's like hey the sentinels are new york and it's just him fighting sentinels and it's it's not super germane the onslaught it's just kind of well here's some fallout that peter would have dealt with during this time Um, I don't know on one hand I kind of appreciate it because it's like if something like that is happening acknowledge it on the other hand it doesn't lead to great comics I guess is the big
1: well I I guess I mean we didn't read anything besides really the one issue um, with onslaught you marvel universe number one so like we weren't reading the spider-man tie-ins and the alpha flight tie-ins which I'm sure there were many good ones of
0: gosh Uh, so many alpha (laughs) flight tie-ins oh my gosh I (laughs) could not believe there was a road (laughs) to onslaught colon alpha flight edition i did not need that in
1: on my life. alpha flight let me just google this yeah yeah I mean, Goog- no please was tell still us an
0: alpha flight title at the time <laughs> like it's how many years has well in the puck one shot where he nearly takes down onslaught by himself that one's good that one's <laughs> actually great um zach are you still you're gonna be searching for alpha flight times for a while so we should probably move yeah, I on found, uh, fir-
1: first thing i found a picture of him uh Punching, I forgot his name. <laughs> I forgot the Alpha Flight guy's name. Never mind. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Fake Alpha Fan. Yeah. Um. I, so I really liked. I mean, we only read one issue of it, so maybe I just didn't have that fatigue. I liked onslaught Marvel Universe quite a bit. It felt like that big Marvel Universe crossover where everyone's here. Yeah. You have X Men and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and Spider Man and etc. Right, like all kinds of Black Panther um, here, and you, everyone gets little moments. Even if they're just in the background, like all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, Namor's here because he's punching onslaught, right?" Like, yeah, yeah, right. Um, and uh, and Doctor Doom being like forced to <laughs> to help out here, right? Doesn't he just get thrown in? Uh,
0: well, he just he just joins of his own accord because he's. But no, like, I
1: think at the end, like he doesn't want to. He's trying to like siphon off onslaught's energy. Oh,
0: into the energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and somebody then, carries him in. Who is it? Cap or? Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't,
1: No, it's. i to Is it Ben?
0: It should be Ben. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Somebody's yeah, I like, remember. "Here's what it's like to be a hero," and they they force him through. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, but yeah, um, his his introduction is absolutely phenomenal. I I think this issue, everyone coming together, it feeling like a genuine Marvel universe issue is cool. It's got a little I, of I that think it's just straight up cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. Right. It's like this threat is so big, everyone has to be here. And at this point, I I actually think it's very effective. And again, it's one of those things where like, if New York is under siege and there's a threat. It's weirder if the Avengers and the Fantastic Four don't show up, (laughs) right? I don't care that it's just an X-Men book. So, yeah, I've got no problems with that. Um, Again, Doctor Doom gets just phenomenal moments. Uh Uh, Everyone really gets at least some sort of heroic moment, with the exception of Quicksilver, (laughs) who gets totally chumped. But, but yeah, everybody else gets a heroic moment because the resolution for Onslaught is to segue to Heroes Reborn. (laughs) Which I cannot
1: (laughs) wait to defend in... Two Weeks
0: well, maybe so. Be, maybe so. Up and maybe so, but but here's the thing about Heroes Reborn it was a foregone conclusion, okay? Like, right, yeah, the negotiations, right. the behind the scenes process of really a marketing driven process of like, hey, we should give Jim and Bob a call <laughs> because they went and founded an Image, right? In oh, 92. no, it's them,
1: <laughs> I didn't know that.
0: Oh boy, <laughs> never mind. Oh boy, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so they left, they founded Image, co founded Image, right, with all their their buds including Todd and marketing's like, what if we got them back, right? What could be bigger? What could make a bigger splash and what could save all of our garbage titles, which right now for them are fantastic Four, captain America, Avengers, Iron Man, forget how they're doing, right? Mark Wade and Ron Garney, right in a good cap, right? We've enjoyed that run. Um, that's irrelevant <laughs> to, to the conversation, which is like, how do we make them sell like crazy? And the idea they have is let's just we do go X-Men number one again. Yeah, basically. They're like, let's go back to the image, guys. Let's see how many we can get. They get Jim Lee. They get Rob Liefeld. And they're like, we'll pay them hand over foot. I don't know what the numbers are, but they paid them a lot of money. Again, remember, as they're declaring bankruptcy. Um, and they're like, you can do whatever you want. You can do your version of these characters for the 90s. And we're going to talk about that in Heroes Reborn. But all of that is foregone conclusion. So, like, in some regards, Onslaught is and kind of always was a vehicle to get to that point. Um and that can be that can lead to some really bad storytelling. I actually think here it works pretty well. Yeah, it's like, kind of fun. Yeah. If you have to, if you have to do something to set the stage for those characters leaving, you could do a lot worse than all of them getting a heroic. Does, listen, does it make any sense? Does it make any nope, sense? No, because you're like there's something at all. That, Like,
1: why do we have to jump into this bubble? To yeah, s- yeah. It's like Hulk. Hulk is, or Thor goes in and Hulk can't stop him alone and it's like, stop him by being near him? Like, contain his energy because they break his physical form and now he's just like a psychic cloud. But, but, well, the important thing is that I think you understand the stakes, right? Like, the the details are not clear, but the stakes of it are clear. And that's what sold it to me. (sighs)
2: I don't know, like, it it is still weird to me that I think the main idea is that they have to throw as much mass as they can at him, and the only thing they can think of is just to run straight into the danger beam. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I guess. Um, I I, I am, like, I do yearn for the version of this where it is just an X-Men story, and we don't have to shorn in a, like, huge crossover to lead into Heroes Reborn at the end. Yeah. Like... I like. I wish I could read the finally of this where it's just an X-Men story and it is tighter and like more linked to the story they want to tell with Professor Xavier and his relation to the X-Men. Because here it's like, the finally isn't an X-Men story at all. It's just like every Avengers and every Fantastic Four has to throw themselves into the danger beam to, to go into a new dimension. Like that's, I don't know. They, they, it's not sold to me as well as it could be. And like... I feel like there's two separate events here. There's like the onslaught X Men event, and there's the Road to Marvel Marvel. Uh, every time I forget, uh, Heroes Reborn events. Yeah. yeah, like those two mashed together don't work for me. Like I wish they would be separate. That's interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I, I the I think the this issue on its own works fine. I guess it's just like. Taking a step back, looking at the whole event, I I think it's one of the reasons why Onslaught doesn't work as well for me. It's like having to segue into an Avengers Fantastic Four event.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you're right that the version of this story that is just straight up an X-Men story, um, there's no way that's not tighter, right? There's no way that's not cleaner. I mean, yes, I think like the reason I'm semi-positive about (laughs) the outcome is because it's like, it's a sunk cost. Like, it's this thing that they they have to do Heroes Reborn. You have to get them to that. And everything is so caught up in it. Like, there's nothing else happening in, in comics right now. <laughs> like, there's nothing else happening in the Marvel Universe, hardly, except for this event. Like, you, you have to use it in some way to get the Avengers there. But again, all of that is, you know, in unforced error. It's a thing you've created for yourselves, if you're Marvel, that you have to be in that position. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It, it, it's a bit like... Clone Saga in the sense... Uh, it's a lot like Clone Saga in a lot of senses, but like also in the sense of with that event, we were like, you know, the tight short version of this is probably really good. Um, same with Onslaught, I think. You know, the 8-issue the Onslaught Saga would be pretty great, probably. Um, yeah. Well, as in the 11-issue ver- version that we read, was pretty great, too. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> if, if When you shortcut it, when you fast-track it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I did see that afterwards, that I was like, there's, like, three omnibuses for this, like, for everything? And I was like, "That, that's miserable.
0: Uh, yeah, it's it's so. just too massive. It's too bloated. Um, yeah. but again, well,
1: I mean, it's probably one of these things that like, you've said before, where, like, I bet just reading Uncanny X-Men and the X-Men, we skipped a lot, but I'm sure there's just other X-Men stuff going on that's fine and interesting.
0: Right? I mean, we like, skipped X-Factor, we skipped X-Man. Yeah, yeah well, um, I mean, the thing is, like, it, well, like,
1: you've said... If the comic itself, you know, if the creative team on a comic is good, if they're folded into an event, you know, those comics will probably be pretty good. I I think also it's just not an event, right? Like We skipped 12 issues of Uncanny X-Men. Those 12 issues, I think, were just, you know, pausing the onslaught thing and having it, like, percolate in the background, right? So, like, a lot of it would just be those, like, issues that are only tangentially related. But, yeah, I wouldn't want to read the X-Factor stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Same. I I do Uh, think Charles point is interesting, though, in terms of, like... yeah. You know, the this kind of there's t- inside every onslaught, there's two events, you know, is the, is the famous saying, and there's an X Men <laughs> event and there's an Avengers event here. And the Avengers one is just about getting to Heroes Reborn. Um, I, I don't know, there even within that though, there are these it's it's kind of a goofy moment, but it's like sometimes resolutions to outsized threats have to be, you know, they're not going to beat up onslaught, they have to do something else. Um, I think that there are some moments, you know, of Ben and Johnny. Saying Are you ready, brother, and running into the thing, the field together, like that stuff always works pretty effectively for me. You know, just the the small little relationship moments as they maybe run to their deaths. Um, like we said with Doom getting carried into the portal against his will, uh, stuff like that. I think is actually fairly enjoyable. Um, again, in terms of like, if this had to end this way, which it did, by you know sales mandates, then that was that was the way to do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were. There were other options than Mysterious Portal that takes yeah. everyone away. I have
2: to say, do you, I just checked. Do you know who launches Doom into the portal? Mm-mm. It's teenage Tony Stark.
0: <laughs> it was Iron Man? <laughs> yeah. That's
1: that's the least fun uh, way that that could gone yep. down. <laughs> yeah, Iron Very Man sure. is weirdly sidelined through this whole thing. Like Captain America has more to do, but Iron Man is just kind of like, ah, my suit doesn't work anymore That's kind of the most we see from him yeah uh yeah, thor has a little bit more to do so i i mean i'm glad that i i think we we started this conversation and it seemed like people were a little down on it and now we've talked about it and i've made my case and i think we're all kind of on the same page that you know this is just slightly better than age of apocalypse so like I'm glad we, <laughs> dumb boy i'm glad dumb we talked boy. to talked to Thor. oh uh, you know what like Seriously though, it, it's just a little bit behind of Age of Apocalypse. Age mm-hmm. of Apocalypse for me, that's wild. No. Uh, yeah, I nope, ju- I definitely, definitely
0: do not like it more than most X Men events. Um, yeah, I like it more than Extinction Agenda, which is kind of always at the bottom of my list. I uh, probably I like it more than Fatal Attraction's actually. What well, Mutant Massacre. Hmm? No, it's definitely not as good as Mutant Massacre. It's
1: crazy. Nothing happens in that event. It's just.
0: And and it's miles
1: behind the Inferno. Miles it's not miles Inferno. behind. It's not miles behind for me, but uh, that's wild. I'm glad I, you I,
0: had such a good time reading this. <laughs> yeah, good yeah, it was, it was fun.
1: <laughs> I, I honestly like not a single issue of this was. Uh, I actually read more than was on the reading list. Which like is,
0: what? I mean, I guess
1: like maybe you've said already, but like what did you like so much? I, I mean, I think just like the storytelling is really well done, and the threat felt well laid out, and it just kind of moved from issue to yeah. issue, to issue threat building. You know, I I was kind of invested in Professor... Like, it it made Professor X a bad guy in a way that I thought was not the most obvious way to do it, which is just, like, I'm sick of people being bad, and now I'm going to go bad to counter it, right? Like, Hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's just... And, I mean, a lot of it is that, like, I think Lobdell and Wade know how to, like, write a pretty good, like, compelling, quick-to-read. Like, it it goes down easy, but it also, like, it has that X-Men vibe that I always kind of want to get from X-Men. You know, it's, like, it's got a little of that soap opera. It's got a little of that, like, you know, like, teen melodrama of, like, characters bouncing off each other. I was interested in, uh, you know, like, Angel here and Psylocke and just, like, their small little struggles. Like, the characterization was good. Not overstuffed. Not too melodramatic. Yeah, everything just kind of was firing on all cylinders. I do want to point out Andy Kubert drew one of the weirdest Wolverines I've ever seen in my life. And that is including the... um, that Weapon X, oh god, uh, who's the Weapon X writer and artist? Barry um, Windsor Smith? Yeah, yeah, who, who draws some wild wolverines. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? He drew a wolverine that was like... You're talking about the epilogue three feet, issue? Three feet tall, and uh do you know what I'm talking about at all? <laughs> Did no, you guys I- not notice this wolverine?
0: I mean I, I noticed like his hands look really weird with his bone claws, like in the epilogue issues, but are you are you talking about a different moment? Yeah, I'm I actually
1: mean, gonna share Wolverine this so I can get your reaction. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, yeah he we'll looks look at like nuts blue beast for most of it. Like you right. see him standing next to beast and Wolverine they look is, pretty much alike. He's a little sidelined here, which is funny. Like they clearly want him to still be involved, but he doesn't get much to do. Everyone please go to Yeah, he's running uh, around
0: with Electra and they're dealing with hand oh, stuff. God. they mentioned most of that this. and I was like
1: that sounds rad, <laughs> an electro Wolverine crossover. Please, I mean, if you like the Larry Hama Wolverine, Wolverine, Wolverine stuff, that's
0: that's still going. Um, yeah, he's very hunched and always wearing a bandana and has bone claws. Yeah,
1: he looks like an alien a- 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 guy. He's three feet tall here, and his head is four feet long in this picture. That <laughs> draws. So that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's oh, no, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I yeah, thought it was yeah. really funny. Uh, it was on uh, this double wide splash page where no one else looks weird. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's not like everyone else. I mean, looks...
2: there is some stuff going on with him being more bestial than usual, right? It's like... yes,
0: yeah, so, sure. absolutely.
1: This, this is uh, wild. Yeah. That's like
0: it was supposed so. to be beast, and then he accidentally <laughs> drew beast twice.
1: It's like the Funko Pop of Wolverine. If like you started to melt it in the oven, like if one of the Asgardian trolls are really was
0: cosplaying as Wolverine.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think <laughs> I that, I that would that. work. Okay.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty wild. Uh, is that from the Marvel Universe issue? Is that that's the one you're pointing to? so people can No, that's one know? of the uh, I, I don't remember which All right, one was, I guess but. you have to read every issue and find it yourself. <laughs> yeah, I think it,
1: X-Men 56 maybe. Well, I don't know. It's on it's one of the ones on the list, I think. So. I, you know what, I it, only read like one or two extra issues here.
0: So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A couple of final thoughts here that you spurred on uh, both of you in talking there. One, I actually think this version of Professor X is a villain. I think the version of Professor X as a villain that is way cooler than becoming big, amazing-looking Onslaught is the one who's actually using his psychic powers in secret. You know what I mean? Like, that's a much scarier... Like, Professor X manipulating and controlling people playing Puppet Master, I think, is a much scarier, frankly, way more interesting version of a dark Professor X turn, um, which is, this is the opposite of that because it's so big and oversized. Uh, and then the second thing is I actually think... It's weird that this event. So you have Onslaught at certain points, being like, "Mutants will rule, mutant supremacy." Here we go. Um, but he like never like brings in any of like the typical mutant villains, really. Um, maybe we just skip some of it, you know, in this fast track guide. Like like I mentioned, he has his little heralds, and there's some build up stuff. But it's like nobody like you don't see any of the mutant villains <laughs> like in this in this era, and they would have made pretty decent lackeys for Onslaught. And I feel like that's kind of strange, you know. Apocalypse has his horseman. Yeah. He brings people in. Onslaught's just, like, playing solo the whole time, with the exception of those newly created, generally uninteresting characters. I feel like that's a mess. I kind of like him without
1: lackeys. Uh, Although he does... Who is... Oh, the Dark Beast, like, becomes one of his uh, minions. I mean... A little bit.
2: And, like, maybe that would be part of what would be interesting about him having a clearer purpose, which would be, like, in those conversations that we found interesting with him trying to convince Gene to join him, stuff like that, like... That would be interesting if one or two of the X-Men or, like, of characters we know decided to join him or, like, found found something interesting in what he had to say. Like, sure. that, that sounds like an interesting idea. Like, yeah,
0: yeah that... Because that's what, we get, that's what we get with Apocalypse, right? In Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. You know, you get, the, you get characters who turn, right? Havoc always turns. So you get him. And it's like, Onslaught doesn't make a... Like, he makes a case, like, in those earlier issues, but then, like, there's no one who's like, I agree, which would actually be more interesting if you had at yeah. least a few characters who did that, yeah. but yeah. you don't get that here. You do not. Uh, so yeah. All right, let's talk. What is this setup? Cause we, we read a couple of the cooldown, epilogue issues. Um, uh, the things, the outcomes of this, because so all the, so all the Avengers side and the Fantastic four side, they run into this portal. They're as far as earth 616 knows right now, they're dead. Okay. So they're gone. Um, but the X-Men remain, Spider-Man remains. And I think Hulk remains. Um, the X-Men, what it sets up for them is Professor X has lost his mutant powers for a little bit, and I believe gives himself over to the authorities, or they come for him, at least. Yeah, They come, and the X-Men are like, let's fight, and he's like, no, thank you. Um, Which which
1: is interesting. I I like that kind of like, yeah, the world, you, you can't kill all the Avengers in the Fantastic Four and then just be like, ah, well well Who's and how many citizens man of his, new york <laughs> by his worst day <laughs> right like yeah which yeah, is right. kind of how wolverine frames it he's just like you've done so much good what
0: you're gonna beat yourself up over one mistake <laughs> it's like it's a pretty big one <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah new york is on fire that is a bit of a mistake um the other thing the x-men comics do is they set up the threat of bastion who uh is is working on operation zero tolerance um he's kind of pulling some strings behind the green and creed campaign I mean long story short it, it, mutant hunting Sentinel campaigns right is what we need to know there and uh and he wears a really striking purple undershirt or pink rather pardon me pink who does bastion Oh,
1: uh, yeah I didn't get a sense of that guy I kind of saw yeah there was there's little bits here and there but
0: I kind of uh, like... that's because that guy's history is <laughs> wild uh I'll save it because I don't it probably <laughs> are we gonna come talk up. about it I don't want to talk about. I think it will. I mean, he, it will come up if we talk about X Men over the next four years. God, what a yeah. boring design. I mean, he looks kid. like, like a, he, he
2: looks like a mix between Nimrod and like the main character from Detroit become human. Like that, that's a weird except That's kind of what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it
1: is really funny how like that that uh, pink triangle design uh, just keeps making its way back, and it does just feel like. Yeah, not a single person in the Marvel Studios is plugged into gay culture whatsoever that they keep using up. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's really funny that they accidentally keep no. using well, that. And, and and I think
2: what you mean to say is that all this time they were quietly hinting at Nimrod being gay. Like yeah, that's oh, great gay representation for Marvel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, some queer coding in uh, the sentient artificial Imagine intelligence. Imagine the version of this
2: where Black Tom is like working for Onslaught for, um, for and it's like a complicated love story between Juggernaut and Black Tom. That's the mission I want to see. <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go. More interesting one-shot yep. already in the works. Love it. Uh, okay. So I think that's going to do it for Onslaught. Yeah, Zach, this yeah. is your... So you have it behind what? Age of Apocalypse and Inferno, and that's it? But but, but barely? X-Men
1: event, for X-Men events, yes. What was the second part of that question?
0: No, that's it, really. Uh, Charlotte, what, <laughs> where, where does it go I mean, for you? I, I think
1: yeah. not, not like just barely. It's probably a little bit, but I, I mean, as far as like creativity, I think... To me, this is executed better, but it's not as interesting of a conceit of a, either of those. See, it's I so funny.
0: That's- like that's such an insult <laughs> to <laughs> it. Like teams working together under generally good conditions. Yeah. A la yeah. Claremont, Simonson, Nicenti. and this is like everyone flailing for their lives. Well, the thing is, it's <laughs> like, not the building tried- burning down around them. It's
1: Mark Wade and. Uh, Lobdell is like Uh that's basically what we read here and then some of these issues are Mark Wade and Lobdell together right like so I I think you know if I read the whole thing or if you had curated this differently maybe my opinion would be very different but oh for sure it
0: would be as I read that's but that's the point like that's intentional with this one
1: and and, you know even Age of Apocalypse like I love the opening to that I like the conceit of it I'm sure there are other like great issues that are that are in there but we also read some issues where I was like well I don't care about this and you know, this is a little superfluous etc
0: you're a '90s boy. Wear it proudly. Wear it proudly. Yeah, '96. Right? My favorite
1: year of Marvel comics.
0: There you go. There you go. Bang, oh, Charlotte. What do you think?
2: Um, it's hard for me to rank it with other X-Men like crossover events. I mean, events because my problem with it is that it doesn't feel enough like an X-Men event to me. Or it's not enough of that. Um, it's definitely behind the Age of Apocalypse and Inferno. It's behind like, I mean. Days of Future Past and Dark Phoenix. That's not events, actually. Exactly. Oh, yeah, those would that's be, those would story be yeah, lines. They were.
0: Yeah we, d- yeah, we don't count those. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know what you mean, but I mean, all, like, arcs,
2: it, is, yeah. it is true that like all late eighties, early nineties X Men events mixed together, like their titles and like their. Uh, I mean, it's probably among those. Like it's in the the B to C tier of X Men events to me, but like I'd have a hard time to rank it any other, like, it's Below Age Jefffica- of Apocalypse, Below Inferno. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's, like, another one that stands out to me as being av- above that.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's okay, and I think you will have a, if you're reading this and you're doing it through the fast track, this is where my of this year actually pays off. Um, sometimes it pays to read less and not more. And, uh, yeah, I and think even, even
1: in days. our Slack where we have a couple people who are, like, known for, like, yeah, I'm going to go in and I'm going to read every Issue of this, I don't know if anyone's. I don't even think Johannes, who's done, he did the full Age of Apocalypse. He did the full.
0: uh What did he do? Secret Wars two, I think. No, he did, uh, really, he did the. Uh, he did the full Infinity Saga. Infinity which Saga. He's is, done some pretty excruciating Which is hard when you get to Infinity Crusade. Anybody, yeah. anybody who finishes the Infinity Saga, inclusive of Crusade and the tie-ins, is a completionist that we should. Bow down to because that is no all. no we should mock them for wasting their life <laughs> no 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 <laughs> respect and in, observe their dedication yeah. respect and observe the dedication someone did um, I mean,
1: for Clone Saga we have someone who finished Clone Saga you want to uh, you know like lionize that person nah
0: no, I've, got, I've got I've I've got respect bullying. for anyone who finishes Clone Saga the only person I would publicly condemn would be the person who finished Secret Wars 2, which we do have individuals who have done that. And yep. again, I publicly <laughs> condemn them. <laughs> we are not we are not responsible for their actions. We do not condone their actions. The things that they have chosen to do with their lives are on them. They can try to sleep at night with those decisions. Um, okay. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, for I think Onslaut. I think ending this issue on a how do you live with yourself listener. <laughs> this
1: <place to> <laughs> you know
0: who you are. That's so. I think
2: that's really the vibe we want to give off here is like
0: wh- what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, right. Right, it's a question yeah. I ask myself every time I update the next <laughs> '90s list. Although we're getting, we're about, we're about out of that territory, right? I just gotta, I gotta get us through '97, yeah. And once I get us through '97, the the script flips, baby. The script flips, and has some all good of a sudden, stuff in it. Wow. I mean, that's the start of comic book herald right there. Nineteen ninety-eight. Right. Yeah, like, that's, that's your like
1: Marvel reading order. So that I've read some of that because I've jumped into your like modern Marvel, but like. Priest's yeah Black yeah Panther was in 98 we've got uh rebooted daredevil which I th- is that smith right at the beginning
0: kevin smith um, kicks it off but uh that, but i would enjoyable. say his most that and green arrow are the are the kevin smith ones where it's like pretty pretty important and pretty good for the time we'll see how they they feel yeah, in retrospect yeah, um, in
1: humans love that run spider girl it's a lot of fun that's all Yeah, eight
0: yeah baby the beginning of modern deadpool yeah the script flips and, yeah. no, and no bad comics wait, wait, were so, ever okay. read again. So,
1: he- Heroes Reborn, <laughs> not expecting much, expecting to, you know, uh, not not think too much of that. But Heroes Return, which is the reboot of the reboot, <laughs> is that uh-huh. well yep. considered at
0: all? Uh, uh, No, I mean, I, I think okay. Heroes Reborn <laughs> yeah. and The Return are generally regarded as stopgap curiosities in comic book history. Okay. Um, I don't know, maybe we'll have more fun with them. I don't, people don't talk about the content of these comics so much as they talk about the personalities involved, mm. the business decisions, the the comics industry at large, you know. And, and, and then it's kind of, with Onslaught, we started that way too, where it's like the surrounding context is often more interesting historically than the content. I think sure. Heroes Reborn will feel like one of those. But I don't know, I, Zach, I could see you digging a decent chunk of <laughs> Heroes Reborn Um totally unironically like they're i don't See, know you have yeah, I mean, creators so, jumping in like trying some new stuff
1: and suddenly you know
0: not not like as it went on i like them
1: less and less but maybe they went off and did their own things and their skills <laughs> it's
0: not a maybe zach image comics has a lot of comics you could read. maybe they went
1: and did more comics maybe they didn't know what were knows. they
0: doing all those years <laughs> no maybe they know. went and like got better is what i'm saying sure yeah, sure yeah, figured, have you stuff out. have either of you read any of their Image stuff? Have you read Wildcats or Youngblood <laughs> Char- or any of this stuff? Nope. Charlotte just suggested it for uh, <laughs> a, a,
1: an idea on our what what we're gonna do after my Ultimate Year is to jump into that Image '90 stuff. And I was the like, '90s Image I'm stuff.' And Zach was very <laughs> glad like, to want accept. Want to so so we are f- <laughs> <comic. laughs> Sounds
0: like, like, like glad to the announce uh,
2: my Image Year coming soon.
0: <laughs> well, I do have a full run of Wildcats. If uh, if one of you needs me to loan Ooh. that to you, the I about that. I don't care happened. what happens to it. So. Have at it. That stuff
1: <laughs> is really it is appealing in a way because like I know like Alan Moore and then um, Ellis come in and do like great stuff in that universe, right? But then you just got to wade through like a couple years worth of the the Liefeld era kind of style. So like I'm always curious, but it really feels like you gotta you gotta eat your vegetables in a big way first before getting to the good stuff.
0: Most of my '90s image experience is what did Alan Moore come right? <laughs> and then right, checking yeah. out, you know, his Wildcats, <laughs> his Supreme story, which is a Life Health concept, his Supreme story of the year, which is just straight up a Superman analog is great. I love that comic. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and, and then I, obviously we talked about Spawn, you know, in the past with McFarlane, yeah. but like, I don't have a, I, I need a, some of those. I'd be curious. And I know we have a lot of fans who were big comics fans in this era, right? As so many people were, um, I would be curious for people who are like, Oh, you gotta read uh, the Max, or you gotta read. Well, we're also Gen confu- 13 like you're saying, whatever. Wildcats. Wildcats was Wild Storm, not Image, right? But it's also
1: Jim Lee, so like it starts getting. Starts well, getting it's, all it's confused I mean, everything me like
0: Wildstorm is a subprint or whatever of Image, right? right? Like like each of the guys who founds Image, they they go and found their own thing, but that's yeah. all part of Image. It all ladders up.
1: Is it? I didn't think Wildstorm. I thought Wildstorm was something Jim Lee went and did his own like independent thing eventually uh, okay no i thought i thought it's no
0: movie. it's because it's like you know it's that's the image thing right is the promise is like you retain yeah yeah, yeah uh, ownership yeah. and you retain the creative rights so like wildstorm becomes his thing he can do stuff with so it's not a part of the image anymore it's not part of the dc universe believe it or not
1: well yeah they bought that yeah um yeah so uh interesting uh, i'm looking forward to it but i am like i'm looking forward to getting into 98 99 where we're like there's some notably good runs some notably like modern feeling comics you know Kirk i kind of feel like avengers like starting up excited yeah about
0: that. i feel like the ultimate prank and people can tell me if this is a good idea or a bad idea <laughs> is we stop right after 97 we never record again
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah my marvelous year breaks up uh, we <laughs> hype it up
0: we talk it up like oh you just wait you just wait and then we just stop at 97
1: i mean do,
2: do people not know that th- this is the end of marvel like every hero gets thrown into the the weird beam and they never show up again like that that's the end of those heroes. i don't know I how they come
0: back, back from this
1: yeah yeah they don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> right all right well i gotta run because i have a soccer game to go to dave where we're gonna beat chicago <laughs> san diego versus
0: chicago <laughs> made <that> so. <laughs> made that fun activity so personal okay uh well have a good time i'm Thank gonna you. go uh I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do to counter that. How do you fight a soccer game? I'm, th- I'm going to think about some, some runes I can carve into my wall to curse your team.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I had to tell you the name of your team before this recording started. So. <laughs> your, uh, yeah. your investment level is not convincing.
0: Not too high. Not too high. Um, all right. I Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go watch some NBA playoffs. we got two game sevens today. Charlotte, who you got? Bucks, Celtics? <sighs> well, uh, Celtics, I guess. So I'm closer watching, to them. Uh, men's sports? That's... <laughs> pretty regressive Suns Mavericks <laughs> you're very cool Zach I know yep. yeah. uh, <laughs> no no Suns Mavericks the sport I've okay. ever
1: watched in my entire life at, uh, at the age of 34 so I'm not <laughs> it's, uh, shouldn't be that proud of it listen I-
2: I'll watch when there's a non-binary league Like which I have to check that maybe that already exists and I have the, to the myself, NBA I the
0: non-binary association hopefully coming soon hopefully <laughs> well coming soon well
2: done, well done. <laughs>
1: This is Zach, five hours later, just with a little update that my San Diego wave beat Chicago Red Stars two to one. Suck on that, Dave.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find all the comics listed for reading in the show notes. You can support the show over at patreon.comslash year. And you can find my stuff at Comic Book Herald. You can find uh, social for us at my year. Charlotte running it over there. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next year. See you
2: next year.